Who better than you? Good afternoon. First and foremost, I want to thank you all for tuning into the Who Better Than You podcast. My name is Greg Robinson, and I am the CEO of Rock Capital Partners, the Diagnostic Service Center, and I am the founder and big stepper leader of the Who Better Than You podcast. Right, and today is March seventeenth. It's a Thursday, <laughs> March seventeenth, twenty twenty-two. I, I got to make it clear because I want everybody to know. If you if you've been following us for the past couple podcast episodes, you're going to notice that we were missing something. Something was missing, like the John Mayer song, right? Hey, it was a good track too. Uh, if anybody doesn't, it, it, and if you disrespect me about that track, I'll fight you. I will fight you because I'm a big John Mayer fan, and I'm not even going to sit up here in front. Penmanship was crazy. AJ's back. Yes, I am. Hey, AJ's back. Hey. (laughs) 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 We got AJ back, right? And I do want to give you guys a a little bit of a heads up, right? Because AJ, me and AJ have been working together on a couple of things and put our brains together, and as usual, whenever we do that, great things happen. We got Mantra Mondays coming for you guys, too. Mantra Mondays. Mantra I'm Mondays. For those. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your spirit up, right? It's that time. If we got Mantra Mondays coming, we're going to put it in the universe and we're going to make it happen, right? And that's just the way that it is. We're going to keep a positive mindset and we're going to manifest our greatness. But don't get it twisted. Yes, we're going to manifest our greatness. That doesn't mean we're not going to work hard, though. See, that's quite the opposite. Manifesting. Means working. To me, once you man look, and that's a whole we that's a, there goes another episode, right? Because once you manifested, that is pretty much a commitment to the hard work, in my own personal opinion. But I think a lot of people get it sideways, Jay. They manifest it and then they just stop because they oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it come to life. Hey, whoa. All right. We're gonna touch that uh <laughs> it doesn't work that that's way. That's the equivocal of me getting on my knees and saying a prayer and then hoping that literally the sky is gonna open. And I'm going to see an image of God's hand and it's going to drop whatever I just asked for right down on me in real time, right? And it never happens that way. But people pray that way too. All right, never mind. (laughs) Right? So uh, today's episode though, this is, um, it's, so we, and this wasn't mapped out. It wasn't scheduled. I did a couple, this wasn't, I mean, we didn't plan this topic, but it just kind of spoke to me. I I did an interview earlier with um, Jackie. Chow from Rewards Bunnies, amazing platform, right? Cashback and um, other incentives when you pay for things with your cryptocurrency, right? Cash Bunny, sponsor us. You know what? Sponsor us. Yes. Cash, sponsor us. Rewards Bunnies, sponsor us. And it was Jackie and Ivan, and they're the two founders and CEOs and co-founders of Rewards Bunnies. And Rewards Bunnies has, like, um, they've got amazing strategic partnerships, so you could literally... Uh, get cash back, and you could use your cryptocurrency to purchase things from like Best Buy. Wow, so they're already Nike. on cryptocurrency. I like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's and it's amazing. You can get five some as much as seven percent back in real oh, wow. time, right? Seven yeah. percent back. I mean, it's amazing. On on, on on with wherever they have a strategic partnership, and they've got one with eBay. They've got one with Nike, Best Buy, Dell. Like they've got some uh, Adidas, and they've got global um, strategic partners too. So some of those. Uh, organizations like Best Buy and uh, Adidas and Nike, they've got an agreement. If you're in Europe, you can do it. Right? Perfect. Nike Europe, Adidas Europe. Right? Oh, nice. Got a really strong thing going, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of those gentlemen, too. Uh, 
big, big, big push, both serial entrepreneurs. And that kind of brings me to like what we're going to talk about today, right? Because I think it's so important and I think it's very valuable. And I think it's something that we, we, we truly do have to uh, make sure that we discuss, right? Because we have a responsibility to, Jay. I, I feel like we do. Because I think we, especially because we live in a digital era, right? We live in a very, and, and the, we live in a very visual world now. And unfortunately speaking, um, there is a lot of Harry Potter magic, magic, magic stuff going on in the background. There's a lot of that going on in the background. Uh, and when I, and I say that because too many times, and I, I use this as a perfect example, you see these uh, ideal couples, perfect couples, power couples, and we're looking at their pictures on Instagram and we're watching their 15-second TikTok clips and we're looking at their stuff on Facebook and, you know, you see in the comments hundreds to thousands of women across the world, oh, my God, I wish that was my husband. I wish my husband did those things. Um, you're seeing the magic. You're seeing the magic. And then, boom, it comes out six weeks later. He's slapping the hell out of her. And she cooked the meatloaf too hard. So if, if when he comes home, if that, if that, if the tomato paste that's on top of the meatloaf, if that's burnt and it's not wet and red, she's getting a cookie, right? Every time she tried to leave, anytime she's tried to leave, he's snatching kids in headlocks and he'll break their neck if she hit that door. But a hundred thousand women in America wrote in comments on YouTube videos and on Instagram that they wish that their husband was like that. So you wish that your husband was sweet to you on cameras and then gave you a lefty. They're in love with the front end. We're in love with the front end, but listen, the back end is crazy. And it ain't rapper crazy. It's not like it's not like music back end, right? No, 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 no. We're talking about, you know, at the end of the day, we live in such a visual world now. But people can like we can make you believe whatever I, whatever we want you to believe. Right now, I could have AJ and the team pack up all of the transferable, all the movable podcast equipment. And I could go rent and for two days the penthouse on Collins Avenue. Or what they're doing in California with the jets. With the jets. They'll yeah. they'll rent fake jets or like real jets, but they, it doesn't take never, off. It doesn't do anything. Board, yep. Right? Never. It's just a big show. Like oh. Show. When we went to that, we went to a, we went to a meeting with our strategic partner in downtown Fort Lauderdale the other day. What do we? We we're not gonna grow on that, but what do we what do we see? <laughs> I was gonna say, what are you doing? What do we see? We're not gonna grow on that, but that was one hundred and ten percent staged. Beautiful blonde, tall Russian girl, one hundred and ten percent staged. In the back, I mean, and you could tell that they were setting it up for be on TikTok or YouTube to make it look like it was happening in real time. And we had lights and 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 noise canceling. I mean, they had it was a stage in front of a building in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and we watched them. Just between the time frame of us busting a U-turn, meeting the stop sign, and then exiting, they reshot that same clip. Like she literally walked from that Mercedes Benz through that front door like five times. She, I mean, I guess they were just trying to get the right angle, right? The right angle, the right lighting, and all the other type of stuff. And I mean, like, so, you know, I bet you a hundred dollars that the Benz wasn't hers. The dress didn't belong to her. The shoes didn't belong to her. The jewelry, don't get me wrong, she had a great figure, but that was nip-tuck, so that technically, all right, never mind. Right? Um, but we live in such a visual world now, and in a constructed visual world now. I, we can make things look, like I said, we could, I could literally, we could go down, 
Rickle right now, right, rent a condo for two days. That's on like the 21st floor, fully furnished, fully ready to go. I mean, and make it look amazing. Make this podcast look amazing. Make it look like I could get a Rolls Royce for $250, $250 for the day down in Miami, have them pull it to the front. And the way that I could make it look, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I could literally make it look like I'm Jeff Bezos, right? If, if that's what I wanted, if that's the perception that I wanted to make reality for a moment, I could. It's a bit of a self-fulfilling cycle, too, because, you know, you start doing all that kind of show, show and tell, and then all of a sudden you start making the money to have those kinds of things. If it, yes, yeah, it could so happen. But it could. the thing is, there's some people that do certain things that you can't really fake anymore. So, Bang. yeah. Yeah, no. Like you were talking about earlier with the relationship, you know, there's a fine line between having money and faking having money till you make it and having a successful, happy and fruitful relationship that you're trying to monetize. But unfortunately, relationships aren't that consistent. They fluctuate. Especially if you're going to try to monetize it. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we saw what happened with Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. Y'all better stop playing with me, man. Um, we, it's certain things that we just can't do, and 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 for me, where where it becomes negative, is I'm not knocking the hustle because you know what you could call that a form of manifestation in itself, right? Here's what I am knocking it though. Here's where I am knocking, where where it, when it becomes weaponized against against the human psyche, right? So it's one thing when when we're when we're faking it to we're making it. It's one thing when we're when we're manifesting it with real content because that's a thing too, right? When right. We're manifesting it when we're calling it to us, right? Right. When, when we're setting up and we're set, when we run into play with it, that's one thing. But then when it becomes weaponized and young girls and young boys and and and, and very impressionable early twenty year old individuals, um, where you're doing it in such a way that they can't see in between the lines. And now they're questioning their value, their body, their selves, their worth, right? And their and now lives, the way they live. Why can't I succeed in a relationship making, like that? Yeah, They're making decisions based upon the magic that you just put on Instagram. Because that's all that was. It wasn't real. The basic, and not so just, David Blaine's not just action decisions, yeah. also like self decisions, right. like opinionated decisions. Right, they're like, making self assessments. Yeah, hence all this mental health yeah. increasing. Yeah, right. mental health. They're making self assessments on on your rented Bentley, on a on your two hundred and fifty dollar a day rental condo, right? On your on your on your fake jewelry, right? And your and your act and your movie dummy money that was in that fake knockoff Louis Vuitton duffel bag, or the one that you you know the, that used one that you bought on eBay for two hundred and fifty bucks because you couldn't afford it brand new, and now you're making you're you're twisting people's minds with it, right? Which is it's just fifty percent responsibility yourself and then fifty percent responsibility. Yeah, and, and the the ones that suffer the most are the youth, you know, yeah, that that kind of their minds are still growing right. and they. You know, they they generated this body dysmorphia because they, they of certain do. things. You know, so. right. I was talking about this with Julio the other day. How there's a ton of misinformation, or well, even this morning we were talking about yeah. how there's tons of information online, but there's even more misinformation. So people will, you know, like something really popular right now is people have picked up on the fact that YouTube does a lot of DIY or does a lot of um, just. Um, teaching you how to make money kind of videos. But you'll notice that the people that 
say, oh, this is the way to make money, this is the method, go do this, aren't doing that. Yeah, I, but you know what? That 50% of that's consumer responsibility, AJ, because I've, n but listen, because I've never, ever believed those guys at all. I've never, and I hate, they, they'll get it, and I hate when I'm watching a video and then it comes up. And then I see, I'm going to show you how you can, stop it. You're not, no, you're not. Stop it, right? And it's crazy because we have to make it make sense, though. So you, I'm really to believe that for, 39, for a subscription fee of $39.99 a month, you're going to show me how to make $2 million this year for $39.99 a month? Sounds crazy. You're, you're going to show me an untapped market with a pre-recorded mass message. You're going to show me an untapped market. How it's supposed to be early in, you it's supposed to be an early in thing, but in the past four days it's been viewed eight million times. So it's not early in. I'm a hyper I'm logical to a fault. I'm a hyper rational and logical person. Like, mm. yeah. Then we are, and like I can understand that, but. Because I get it. Common sense is not so common. So, you know, I, look, I'm not going to, I don't try to position it that way. I, look, I'm successful in, in my ventures. I'm successful in the things that I've done. Um, and I'll share that with you. You don't have to pay me $39.99. Um, I'm not early in with anything, right? Um, I don't have something that's up and coming and it's on the way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, none of that. I'm, you will never see from me a cheesy video in a house that I don't own and a pool that don't belong to me. And I'm telling you, and I went from making $50,000 a year to making $200,000 a month with some special Amazon web service. Even if that were true, by the time I shared that message with you, it was over now. It is. It is. Because I want you, let's just be real. As a real entrepreneur, as a real sales leader, as a real sales professional. So this is all about competing. And if there was still, if, the, if we were still in the competition window, why would I want to help you to compete against me if we're still in the comp competition window? Look, there's a competition window on all things that you're doing. If we're still in the competitive window, then why would I want to help you compete against, why would I want to help you make it harder for me? I don't want to do that. That just doesn't. There is methods. You can for products and services, but most of the time when it comes to the DIY, I'm going to teach you how to do something, a sales series, a sales process, or something like that, the hotness is left now, and I'm just monetizing the buzz. Look, no matter how you spin it, whenever I first discovered it, not only did I not tell you, I didn't tell anyone. I ran with it. <laughs> you understand? I mean, it's just, it's just the truth. I didn't tell you. I'm not telling no. I didn't create it. I told no. I ran with it. Do you know when I decided to monetize it? Typically when we got to a level of mastery with it. But the proven mastery, there's another end that goes with it. It's called masses. Right? So once I've gotten to a level of mastery with it, once anybody's gotten to a level of mastery with it, pretty much that information is also available for the masses. It is. There's, 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 no way around it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
and I'm not going to try to play on you guys' emotion. I, I make that commitment because I do my best to be genuine. I'm not going to try to play on your emotions or, or try to catch a ways. Um, yes, I'm a, a, I'm a true sales PI through and through, but one thing I never played to, even when I was selling, we're not going to use FOMO tactics to close deals. That's because for me, that's corny. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna fear of missing out you in order to get you to do the deal. I'm, that, to, to me, that's always been corny. Um, I'm never gonna get up here and tell you that we're for. It's never a limited time offer. I don't ever have any of those, right? Um, I, I I don't ever have. You'll never see me say that we're running out fast. That's not true either. Before before they're gone, because that's not true either. For the most part, you see these. You'll see retailers. Say things like uh, limited supply. Why supplies last? Last, and they've got two million units in the back. As a matter of fact, that's how they were able to get. They had an impactful purchase order. That's how they were able to get their pricing so competitive and so low, because they probably purchased two or three million of them. And I've got them in the back. There's two or three million. The chances of me running out. Do you remember New York? Those stores going out of business. Yeah, and they're opening right back up. No, no. That was their thing. Oh yeah, no, yeah, 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 just they're going, they're always going out of business. Yes. Oh, always going out of business. Liquidation sale. Mm -hmm. And then a Chinese food restaurant under new management. Boom, we back. Some of them. Uh, what was the name of the um, the girls' closing store? I'm trying to think. There was a there was a company that sold women that sells women clothes. I think they're still open. Like, at least three times a year, they're going out of business, and they put big yellow banners on the window and sell off all the inventory, and they never close. Right? It's their niche, right? Like, don't do that. But, but hey, I mean, listen, if it works for you, it works for you. But I just, I, I find it to be questionable. It's those type of tactics are, are, are not competitive tactics. Those are manipulation ones. I, I Even when I was selling, I'm going to use competitive tactics. I'm not going to use manipulation tactics. I'm just not. I'm not going to manipulate you in order to get a deal done. So that's just me. But one it's, of it, it's a temporary thing. It is. I strongly believe that. You know, eventually people catch on Everybody and then it's like, oh, what now? Right. It's like, and if you're, if you're dependent on it, then, then you're dependent on it. It's it gets like to that point. Everybody in business now is industry leading. Everybody says that they're industry leading, right? It's just crazy to me. They've got the best in the industry. How? And how did you assess that? Right, even the ones that don't have an industry scene. Period. Like I was, I was buying my daughter poppets in the mall the other day, and they had that big sign on there like, "We've got the best poppets in the industry." Really? And how did you assess that? Right. I wanted to. I, if I could, I would have just asked. Okay. So first things first, I want you to show me the third party report from the third party organization that you bought in to assess it. Right, and then I, and then after that, I like to see how they assessed all of your competitors, and then how they rank that information in your market from a quality control standpoint, and every other data point. And then, if we could substantiate it, that's one thing. All right, if you can't give me that, so did Forbes say that? All right, get out of here. Did did, did, um, did JD Power Associates say that? Okay, get out of here. Is there a consumer report saying? Is there a consumer report agency, a third party somewhere? that actually qualified that statement. Okay, so stop saying it. <laughs> All right. Um, but, so the, the, but when you think about it, right, mm -hmm. then again, 
certain words are just thrown together. Like, let's say, for instance, in baseball, World Series, World Champions. They didn't play the world. Right. Football. Right. <laughs> American football. No, they didn't play the world, the baseball, I'm saying. They have a World Series, but nobody around the world but played. But they didn't play the world. They played in the continental United States of America. <laughs> right. Yeah, so. And called it a World Series. Now, don't get it twisted. I understand that in a lot of, of sports, especially team sports, America is the standard for it. But it's not a World Series if it never left the United States of America because the world, the world is so much bigger than the USA, right? Um, even with the basketball players. Listen, I don't want you – stop. Don't say that you're the best in the world, but you did not play in the Olympics last year. Stop it. So listen, now now if it's an Olympic year and you're gonna tell me that you're the best in the world and then you won a chip so you beat all the competition in the United States and then you went and you played for the US team in the Olympics, and I'm talking you play every game and you dominated everybody from Spain, Argentina. Look, you played all the games. So you played Puerto Rico, you played the you played the Dominican Republic, you played Colombia, you played Venezuela, you played Argentina, you played um bumfuck to Egypt from somewhere of a country that we've never heard of before. You played the Turkish national team. You went down to Australia, you blocked Ben Simmons' dad's five shot attempts, you sent him in a stand, right? You you you, you went to Argentina, you played Manu Ginobili's brother, and you locked him down. He went two for 22 from the field, okay? Literally, before you say, I'm the greatest in the world, if you did not take the, I don't, then don't say that, because you're not. Because you, okay, so if you, but here's what you can say. I'm the greatest player in the, I'm the greatest player in the NBA today. I want to chip. Okay, so you dominated everybody over 82 games plus the playoffs in the United States of America. Everybody in your league, you dominated your colleagues. I like it. You're all in the same league in one Canadian city in Toronto, right? So I'm with it now. That's, that's real. But the year that Anthony Davis won the chip with the, with, the, with the asterisks over it, the bubble, right, with the Lakers and Bron, and they won in the bubble, Anthony Davis now cannot go on TV the same year and say that he's the greatest player in the world if he didn't go play in the Olympics and spank the world. No, we can't blame that either. He wasn't going anywhere, right? So, I, 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 you know, there's so many things that I think we got to do away with because it's just um, there's no way to qualify what you just said. It's sentiment. It's not fact. That's just how you feel. If you ask me today, I am the greatest entrepreneur in real time right now. That is not fact, people. That is a sentiment. That's how I feel. As I should, as a competitor. I should. But that's not a fact. I think there's definitely... So, you can't stop people from having opinions. No. It's when people... I don't like when people blur the lines and they... And if it's an opinion, you guys see I do it, I do it a lot on, on the podcast. In my opinion. I'm not going to try to sell y'all that it's fact. It's my opinion. That's how I feel. And if you feel how I feel, then we brothers speak the same language. And if we're not, you the ops, and ops are healthy. 110%. They are healthy. As a matter of fact, they are such a healthy part of the ecosystem. You need the ops in order to be the winner. Wins, wins and losses, right? That's what it's all about, right? Not a meek meal mix state. It's really about wins and losses, right? So I, I, at the end of the day, I think we get a misconstrued. And I hate that, 
And if we just do this podcast episode of Law on, the, on, on blurred lines, and I'm not talking Robin Thicke blurred lines either. I'm talking real blurred lines. If we do the, if we do the podcast just on blurred, we could do a whole series on blurred lines. There's so many of them, right? But I think one of the, what we came to this podcast to do today and what we came to this episode to do today is because a, a unique energy set over me when we were doing the, uh, re, the uh, Rewards Bunny interview. Um, towards the end of that interview, I asked them, and early on before we actually started recording, we talked about it for a bit too. So how many serial entrepreneurs who are now successful? How many businesses failed before, the one, before you got to the one that worked? Right? We talked about that in great detail towards the end and prior to recording. Because, see, that's a thing. And that, and there, that is my message today for, for the people, for everybody watching. Now, I want to make sure that I, I get that clear. Here's the message for today. You can't win without losing. And just because you lost isn't a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, it's, that L is actually just a lesson. A lesson. Right? It's truly just a lesson. And as cliche that it, as that is, it is the truth. But ironically, I want, or I want to specify that it, there's a difference between losing and learning a lesson. And it's not just every loss is a lesson. You need to teach yourself to learn something from the loss. Otherwise, it's a loss. Look, you can't any... I, now, I now you're a two-time loser. Now you're a two-time loser. Looks like another love TKO. Right now you're a two two-time loser. And no, and listen, I know in today's world two times is good, but not uh, all right. So, not always, right? Look, you got to remember something. Just like we can five x this thing, but if it's five x a loss, whoo, boy, we working on it, right? You don't want a five x. That's a huge recovery, right? It got to be a 5X lesson, right? Because that's the biggest thing. Everybody wants to 5X and 10X something. But listen, you got to understand what a real risk mitigation platform looks like. If you've been a 10X win it, the loss was increased. The real risk in that was increased by 20 times in order for you to 10X win it. You took on a yeah. lot of, there was a lot of risk in that too, yeah. right? And, there, and for every time you exited, that risk went further and further up. And we moved further and further from the identification model, right? And we just moved further and further up the risk chain. So, and those are, and these are, these are things that you learn to assess, especially, you know, in real time when you're getting that real player's feel. In real time, you learn to assess those things. But here's the deal. Let's just be honest. One, there's nobody that can say they never, they've never lost. Because if you've never lost, then you never competed in the first place. The only reason why you've never lost is because you never got started. We're not hearing from those people. Yeah. No matter how you spin it. The only reason why you never lost is because... You never got started in the first place. Idle hands being the devil's playground, if it were a meme, it would be your face. Right? You haven't done anything yet. That's the only reason why you haven't lost. Look, I lost a million times before I won once, no matter how you spin it. When of our capital partners worked, there were three companies before of our capital partners that did not work, no matter how you spin it. No matter what I want to say to you guys, no matter what I want to make you to believe, I failed as an entrepreneur three times before I won once. And my bounce back, listen, they say that year, there was the year that in, in hip hop, uh, we had this whole argument. I think it was two years ago. Who had the greatest comeback year? Was it uh, 
Tiger or was it Soldier Boy? No, it was me because and I'm gonna tell you why. And I ain't no rapper, but that year it was me because literally that third company that failed, it failed within six months of Avar Capital Partners working. Oh wow! Not even not even a whole six months later, Avar Capital Partners worked. But I I mean, listen, I'm fresh off of L. A big L too, and I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in that L. So, and I'm fresh off of a big L and accounts receivable and money that was, and it never even got caught. We weren't even able to get that money. We just had to walk off from that. We walked off from it and started of our capital partners, right? And how? Let me be honest. When we first started of our capital partners, that failed too because of coronavirus. We bounced back on our second leg. So actually four L's before one worked because the original premise that of our capital partners was started, that is not what we do today. It isn't. 100, it's not what we do today. That market went up in smoke with COVID. Right? We, we, and we just, look, but you stand strong and you understand what it's time to pivot, not give up. Right? That's the real eye of the tiger. In the eye of the tiger. Do, 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 do. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> all right. You got to bring all those lessons, and that's a, and that's another look. You're going, and then it becomes a W. And look, we have to be honest. And I got to tell you, so yes, you're going to fail, and you need to embrace it because that's your lessons, that's your learning. It's going to happen, and you're never going to get good at winning if you don't fail and you don't become productive. And when you fail. You've got to learn to be productive in failure, right? That's And start anchoring in your mind, in your frontal lobe, the term pivot. Because that's the only way to be productive in failing is if you can successfully pivot. And that takes another level of mental dexterity to do the pivot, right? And also understanding how you need to assess it. I was still, if it, listen, if I truly ran at things in the sense of, Okay, anything I do, I want to make that my initial investment. And then I, especially from an inception standpoint, not only do I want to make that my initial investment, but I'm not going to call it successful until I turn a profit on said initial investment. So once I recoup my initial investment, especially from a startup standpoint, right, once I recoup my initial investment and then I'm able to turn a 25 to 35% profit on my initial investment, here's one of the biggest things that I learned the four times that I failed. And it helped me so much today in this business model. And I don't apply it across the board. You have to know when to apply it. The initial investment for of our capital partners, I never one day tried to recoup it because it was the cost to get this thing off the ground. So I was not going to judge our success off of when the half a million dollars that was up in the air for of our capital partners. When we, I, I never tried to assess, okay, so we were able to, we turn, we make, money came in, I put the half a million back. All right, and now I net 30 on that half a million. Okay, and so now we're at the break. No, I did not. I changed, I changed my algorithm, and I said this. That's what it took for me to get it off the ground, and without me, spend, without me having that money go out into the universe, this wasn't going to happen. I judged it differently. I said, okay, I'm going to judge my success off of sustainability. 
not off of if I can recoup my initial investment. Now, I'm not saying that we don't look now, and Julio, you know that because you oversee strategic partnerships. I'm not saying we apply that across all platforms because then you'll just lose your ass left and right. And, and it's just the bottom line. You can't. And listen, at some particular point, them kind of losses, they make sense, especially because them kind of losses, you're, you're, when your accountant tell you that you still got to pay the taxes on that money, <laughs> right? Them kind of losses kind of, because look, at the end of the day, whether you gamble with the revenue or not, it still came in. No matter how you spend it, right? So I'm not saying we do that across the board, but I think too many times, People, people want to judge their success off of one the initial investment into a business and how and how how quickly they were able to get it back. But then again, I also didn't get I didn't leverage any lending platforms in order to start my business. Right, so I think that that had a lot to do with it too. I think a lot of times, look, I, would I have been able to take the same approach had I leveraged a lending vehicle to start my business? No, no, because that's that that's how. But then, it, but then again, if I had leveraged the lending vehicle to start my business, the truth is that I'm actually not the owner in the first place. Right. At that time, I worked for it. Now, I just worked for the bank or whoever that lending partner was, right? Um, I worked for the angel investor who I, – I, I worked for that guy, right? That wasn't going to work for me. <laughs> but And that kind of investment gets expensive. It, it really does. It makes it, 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 well, it, it makes it really hard for you to ever – it makes it – where you've got a very extended window time window of time before you can start enjoying the W's anyway, because for every time a profit comes in, that has to go back out. Right, and if it's going back out, That's how do you? It, not only is it like it was never yours, how are you positioning the organization for growth if when profits come in, they're going back out to pay the debt? You can't. You, you can't. I can't in my own mind. And you sure can't call it freedom, because if you default, this guy's coming and taking everything, so you're not free. Right. If you don't give. So if you're think about it, if, if you leverage a lending partner and you're and on average, there's a 25 percent profit margin on anything that you do. And you leverage a lending partner and then that 25 percent um, profit margin turns to a 7 percent profit margin after you pay back the lender. Now, how are you going to grow like that? You never are. And then when you get rid of them, you're depleted. You are depleted. So when you finally get that person out of your pocket, when you finally get that lender out of your pocket. You're at now. You're 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 no. You're not much further along than when you start. So what you're saying is people like that can't call themselves entrepreneurs. I just don't know. I don't. You, yeah, I don't think. Well, look. I, you work for that bank. You work for that. One hundred and ten percent. Right. It's it's literally their asset until you pay it off. The only thing you have is that you can call yourself an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. now, right. You know the only thing you have is that you. So you you're the. Say this the right way. You're the asshole that has to field all those phone calls. They don't have to. You're the one, you're the asshole that's been assigned to deal with all the problems, right? That's all you're doing, right? Because until you, it, it's not yours until you pay them back. No right. One spend. thing's being the CEO and one thing's being the owner. The but owner. here's the good thing, though, Greg. It has your name on it. It's got your name on it. 100%. Oh, yeah, it's got your name on it. And, 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 and look. All right. And, and every. And with your name in the background, and look, it's glory. We have all the glory, and 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 also every lawsuit that comes through the door, that's not their problem. That's yours. Every complaint, every regulator, every audit that comes through the problem, that's not their problem. That's yours, front front man. <laughs> right? That's that's not their problem. It's yours, right? Um, so, you know, we we have to keep it's it's keeping those things in mind. And I'm not gonna. It's I, I'll say this, Jay, to answer your question for me. 
It's hard to really call yourself a boss that way, though. Because you do work for somebody. You work for the bank. And if it don't go the right way, they can fire you, too. It's just a different process to fire them. Right? They just, the bottom line to them. Just the, Right, because the bottom line is the bottom line. And, and, and now we've got more blurred lines. But you have to lose in order to, to, to really win. There is no winning without losing. Right? And we also have to be realistic with how we assess it. Again, I never, if I, the money that it took for me to get us to where we're at today, that money is, is gone. I, I judged our success off of sustainability. When we were able to successfully cover our expenses for six consecutive months, when we were able to go from two to five to 15 employees, to 20 employees, to as much as 30, 40 employees, I looked at it in that route. Uh, when, when we were able to look at the data and look and see strong consistency at our accounts receivable, so we, we were solid, able to stand on our own two feet, right? We were a business that was growing, it was solid, we were able to stand on our own two feet, right? And we were able to set ourselves aside with our growth. Those were my W's. And that was my return on investment. When I invested the money into of our capital partners, I said, I'm going to say, I, I've recouped my investment when we win, and I'm not married to what the W looks like. I'm willing to take the W no matter how it comes. I'm not married to what it looks like. So I wasn't saying the only way that we can say that we won is if these things happen, and it has to happen in this order and in this sequence. No. What I said as long as I can keep my staff and I don't have to get on Indeed and find a job, we're winning. I love that. You have a perspective of comparing yourself to yourself as opposed to comparing yourself to Others. situations not, as or, much as or I, even ideals. Right. As much as I love, as much as I, and I love, and I'm a huge fan of Dwayne Johnson. I'm a huge, huge fan of Sean Combs, Sean Carter. You know, I'm a huge fan of um, Draymond John, Mark Cuban. I'm not... I never one day tried to come, because if, if I came from that place, I would even today I feel like I failed, right? That was never what I what I compared myself against, and what I compared my goals against was where my ambitions wanted me to be and how close I'm getting to those. Not one of my neighbors. Me and him happen to share the same name. He's just not as cool as I am, and he's not my neighbor anymore because. From a taxation standpoint, we outgrew each other. Uh, he started a, a business at the same time, literally at the same time. I wasn't going to try to judge my success off of whether my business worked faster than his did, if mine grew quicker than his did, if I reached sustainability quicker than his did. We be honest with you. I said out of the gate it would go happen because he's not me. I'm a real competitor. So out of the gate, I, I was like, hey, if it worked, his might work. Mine's going to work, but hey, I wish you well. I'm a true competitor. At the end of the day, you know, if I st if I still play sports, I wouldn't be banana boat this thing. If I'm LeBron James, I would not be hanging out with Chris Paul. I'm trying to kill you. <laughs> All right, I came I came to murder your career every time we touch down. Every year is my goal to make sure that you go fishing while I go on a deeper run in the playoffs. No matter how you spin it. So no, we are not friends, right? Um, that's just my mindset, but I I I believe in myself. And I believe in myself to a great degree. But had I said, oh, well, 
if I'm not as successful as these guys, some of the guys that came before me or some of the ones that came out of the gate the same time I came out of the gate, that was that's such a terrible that's such a bad way to look at it. And 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 here's the truth. And it's a very difficult thing to quantify also. One hundred and ten percent because just like we I mean, we live in a visual world. Exactly. What are they showing and what's actually happening? Right. Yeah, right. And, and that's that's part of the competition too, right? Like uh, out psyching yeah. your your competition. Yeah. competition, right? I mean, you got to look look in the, at when a killer looks in the eyes of another killer and tell him he's getting ready to kill, right? And at the end of the day, you also like you got and, and my active listening skills are always top notch, right? So I'm always listening. I truly listen to people when they talk to some, and that really works for me, and it really works against other people because when you talk, be careful when you're talking to me. I, I'm really listening. To Right. Um, me, and me and that same person was talking one day and he was telling me that he had like. First, he kept saying how, that he had all of this money saved. Right. He's like I, I, that he got so much money saved that he's sitting on all his cash. And then as the night went on, he finally divulged the actual number attached to that cash. And then you got to realize who you're talking to. And so then when he told me that in his mind, this is what he told me in his mind, that eight thousand dollars is like a lot of money. I knew then we are not the same. Eight thousand dollars is not a lot of money ever. No matter no matter how you turn it around, I don't care what your circumstances are. Eight thousand and ninety nine point nine percent of ninety nine point nine percent of situations, Julio. Eight thousand dollars is not going to change nobody's life. Not in America, it won't. No. And a business owner. And a business owner. No. And 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 if you think that eight thousand dollars. It's like a strong cushion in America. You've been sadly mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, when you're eighth grade. <laughs> sure. So when he said that, I didn't take it anyway. I just knew then, one, that we are not the same and that our outcomes are not going to be the same. And that's okay, but we're not, we're not in the same conversation. It's just like, all right, look, I have an amazing red eye, a charger red eye. I love my car. When I go to the mall or when I pull up to the gas station and somebody who's got a GT pulls up next to me and they're like, yo, we got the same whip. No, we don't. We don't. We're not the same. Our car, this is not even in the same conversation. You have a charger. You've got a V6 GT charger. But we are not, we're, we are not the same, brother. Don't. Here's what I'm listen. I'm not gonna take nothing from you. I'm not gonna give you nothing, and you're not gonna discount my efforts either. This is a bro. We're not the same. <laughs> we're not the same. And a lot of times, I'll even take the opportunity, and it's not me trying to be funny. It's me living in reality. I showed them. See, this is this key's really red. This isn't a red covering over the fob. This this key's really red. Let me see your let me see your key. And that's really key. We are not the same. We're not. And and I love that you do that because that's being real too. You know, yeah. again, a lot of celebrities or you know these front end people, as we put them, they're gonna agree. They're gonna compare themselves. They're gonna manipulate, if you will, to yeah. try and get that influence. It's they're like, gonna oh, tell yeah, you, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna look at you and say, Mopar gang. Right, and and they're gonna and then they're gonna get in the car and they're gonna tell their girlfriend, their super hot girlfriend who's sitting in the passenger seat, this, this guy, look, that is, in the SXT acting like this is, it's not even baby. He didn't even have a scat pack. So let me, but if that, but listen, if that's your energy, then have that energy out the gate. 
There's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, for me, that pushes me to go harder to get because the, the next time I see you, my key going to be red too. Bet, bet, bet. I bet your life because I'm going to bet your life the next time I see you, my key's going to be red too, right? But um, jealousy and envy is a, a very affectionate emotion, and I try not to overengage in it either. Um, I, it's a tool. JJ, you're going to have to hit the... It's a jump start. When you upload this, when you guys are done editing, hit the explicit button for me so that we can make sure we don't get in trouble. Because what you eat don't make me shit, homie. It never did a day. I'm not overly concerned with it. That's good for... That's great for you. If you like it, I love it. I think that that's amazing. Right? And I'm always happy for the next man. And I'm happy for you. I'm never jealous or envious of you. Never that, never that, never that. I don't, I don't even know how to channel that energy. I, if, it, if it ever came over me, it would be foreign, right? It, it really would be. Ask any of my ex-girlfriends when they see me later on, and I, it, oh, how, that, their, that their new man is so great. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll never, but I'll, and I, in return, I'll also never say that my new girlfriend or my new partners, my new partner is just different than you. The It's not for me to say whether or not. If I would, it, but and, and if I would say if they were better than you, I'm going to clarify and I'm going to be clear in my communication. My new partner is better for me than you were. Not better than you. There's nothing to be jealous about. She is better for me than you were. I'm never going, I'm not, just like I'm not going to bash you. When people, oh, well, what happened to you and so-and-so? So-and-so is an amazing person. They're doing great. We just, we couldn't find a way to make it work, but that person's so dope. Last I, ch I, last I checked, that person is in a great space and they're happy because they found someone that was for them. See, that's the kind of manifesting I believe in, as opposed to just you know, thinking that I need to get this and I'm going to get this. And I don't see that as manifesting. That's not manifesting. Manifesting is putting energy in the right place. So when you're talking to people, watching what you say and how you say it so that it leads to growth as opposed to diminishing returns. I'm not, I'm not even going to, I'm not that guy that I even turn around and start, let's not even, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, God is going to put it out there, all the bad things that you did to me, because in order for me to do that, I ha also have to talk about what I did to you too. And so since I want, I can't, we can't do that. We can't do that, because there's, it takes two to tango, right? And it, and it leads to mutual Very loss. Mutual yeah. Same thing in business relationships. Hey, we, that strategic partnership is over. I, I wish them well. I heard they're doing great in their future endeavors. We did what we could in that time, and when it no longer worked, we didn't hinder each other's growth. Right. Now, if the reality is that you suck, I know that. <laughs> and the reality is, is that you know that, too. Yeah. You probably don't need me to tell you. You know that. Jay, what did you, one big thing, uh, and Jay used to tell me this all the time in my younger years, and he was right, and I've always been good at the adherence. So I could take the time and stop right now. If, you, if it's you, AJ, and say, AJ, you're an asshole. But you've been living long enough in this world. You think I'm the first person to tell you that? You've heard it a million times before. What Did it, did it change you? Did it, did it shake up your universe and make you head in a different direction? 
That's right. not how it goes. It just doesn't work that way. So what do I – like you say all the time, okay, everybody knows that. So what did you get out of it for being the asshole that blurted it out in front of a room full of people? We all know that. And, you, and if you think you're the first person to tell that to someone, you're sadly mistaken. And now who are you? Now you got to look at them. Now you got to just not only just the man in the mirror, but now you have to adjust how you appear to everyone else on the other side of that mirror, right? right. Because listen, just because you can doesn't mean that you should, right? What did you? What are you really getting out of it? And you should be more concerned with the residual returns of what you look like on the other side of it, and not the other person. Exactly. That right there, you that. Mm-hmm. How it's going to come back. There are so many times when things have happened to us in business, and and even when I'm talking to my wife, she will give me a million ways that we should retaliate. And we could. Except for once we do that and it's out there in the universe, we have no control over how when it, it it's gonna come, everything you put out is coming back 360. And we have no control of what that 360 looked like. Be careful how you pray over them candles. It's chestnut checkers. You, we could get that small W and trigger a series of events that could be our demise and we can never come back from. And so, yes, we got the instant gratification that I did something incredibly emotional to you for something that happened in our in business. Furthermore, the sad part is, is that in return, all I did was match your energy. But that's not who I am. Right. So we, we have to be mindful of all of those things. And it goes so far. Like I said, today's episode, it wasn't we really didn't have there. Was, this was just me, a random tandem. Right. I, it, I, I got an energy off of a podcast, that we, uh, an interview with um, Rewards Bunny that we did earlier after talking with those gentlemen, because we all had a very similar story. Right. I mean, I had a record label that didn't work. Great idea, though. And if I open one now, I, I I could probably win. I know I could, right? It, but the, but 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 when I had when when I was trying to do that, the independent things, indie wasn't where it is today. And thing and and the different channels now, the dis, the, the versatile distribution channels that the music industry offers today, we just didn't have it. I didn't. We didn't have a way to register our own music and publishing with with BMI and with Apple Music and with Spotify and build a YouTube channel and we didn't, the digital process wasn't even here. We were still pressing records. You still pressing CDs. And even though we had the technology to burn CDs, there's still a hell of a ump for cost for the blank disc to burn the CDs, right? So we didn't even have the digital marketplace where I can really focus my, the revenue that, I, that I'm going to push into the project, where my, or my initial investment, I'm going to push into the project where I can really just focus on making sure that I have the best mix down possible. I could spend money on my features or I could just make sure that I've spent the money to make sure I have an incredible sound and then tomorrow slam it on Spotify, slam it on Apple Music and take the rest of my money and push that platform and put it on YouTube, you know, buy my own camera, get with AJ. We just didn't have those components yet. So if I did it now, I'm sure it'd be great, but that didn't work. Uh, Pinnacle Support Services didn't work, right? Of our enterprises did not work, right? Media pros did not work. It worked, but it did not work, right? And of our capital partners, out of the gate initially failed. And within six months, I turned it around. But out of the gate, especially February that COVID hit, 
Yeah, by March, we was done. But I stayed, I, st- I buckled my knees, I stood tall, I, I, I stayed with the vision in the front, and I said, okay, they're closing the United States of America. Everybody got to stay home. I went to Jay, and I said, Julio, listen to me. We outside, outside. Now is the time. While all of our competitors are hibernating, now is the time. We outside, outside. Julio can contest. What did help, did I have a business model that was deemed, um, what was the thing they were saying at the time? Um, that was, um, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for it. Yeah. That was, I, I had a, a, a business model that the government deemed needed to still run so we could still be outside, outside, right? Um, but I saw opportunity. I said, look, they can't cut the lights off, they can't repo the car, and they can't kick us out. It's right now is the time to roll that dice as an entrepreneur. It's now. We got Trump in office, Wrong, right, or indifferent, for good or for bad. There's an ebate, there's a there's a, a, a memorandum for rent, power, water, and they car and they're not repoing cars right now. This is the time right now. And it's like Jay said, it's it's a chess game. You it's did chess the, game. you did the thought process as opposed to just settling for the answer. And I told my close team, including Jay. Oh, everybody going in the house? We outside, outside. It's that time. And I had I told my team, and some of them are still here with us today, and some of them have moved on to greater things, and then some of them have just moved on to, for the sake of moving on. And I told them at that time, we have a rare opportunity. You gotta, I need you guys to close your eyes and envision your life six months to a year from now. When they don't ask yourself about the now. I want everyone to ask themselves one question. When, it's, when they open this thing back up and we can go outside, what do you want that to look like? Do you want to, because there's two courses that we could take. We could go outside now and we could work harder than we've ever worked and we could gather as many acorns and fruits as we possibly can. And when they open this thing back up, we can go outside in a way that we've never been outside before. You could go outside the way you've always daydreamed about going outside. Or, you could take the handouts. We can wait for you. Y'all, y'all can stay home. You can wait for the stimulus. You can take the hands out. You can cherry pick. And when you go back outside, you're going back outside worse than you when, than before when they told you you couldn't go outside. Right? You're going back outside. How do you want to? It's not about one in life. It's two things. You have. It's it's all about showing up. But you know what's bigger? How do you show up? Did you show up your best you? And I told everybody on my team, I am determined that we're going to take this window of time. And while America is scared, we're going to change our lives for every day after that. We're going to get out here. We're going to help as many people as we possibly can. We're going to build as big of a business as we possibly can. And when the rest of your family is calling around the family, struggling to make their ends meet, and some of it will be fool's gold because ain't nobody coming to cut the lights off anyway, right? Do you want to be in a position where you have to sit there and listen to their long story, or do you want to be in a position where you can actually do what it is your heart really want to do? You want to help that foolish person anyway. You do. You want to help them. They had the same opportunities that you had. They had the same chance to make the same decisions that you're making. They have. They had. 
they all were up against the same thing you were up against. And they chose something different, and it didn't work out for them. But do you want to be? Because a lot of people worry about their families and things of that time of that nature. So then we need to put our heads down because it's a pandemic outside, and multiple members of your family are going to need you. And they are not, and listen, they're not just going to need your kind words and well wishes. They're going to need your help. And I want for everybody in this room to be in a position to not be able to help because you don't want to, but because you can't. You assess whether or not you actually want to help. You can. Now you're not, you're not, you're, you, it's not a situation where you're sending your heart out because you can't. You're now, I totally can help my brother, help my cousin, help grandma. Now I'm just assessing if I should. Not because I can't. If it's no because on your assessment, you shouldn't do it. Not because you can't do it. But this is an opportunity for all of us to change our life. And when they open this thing back up, be ready to enjoy the world and maneuver it as we see fit. And I told them all, and your stimulus checks, that stimmy money, that's not going to get you where you're going. Forget the stimmy money. Let's build. Yes, y'all can scam, run up a check, do, 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 however you want to do it, but there's a real opportunity right now. We have an opportunity for legacy. Right now, whatever companies, whatever organizations give it 100% of what they got right now, they are going to experience a minimum of 45% growth this year alone if they go massive. And that's what we did. And when we opened our doors, we opened our doors of myself and two people. And by that August of COVID, there were 40 people working here. And we had one contract, one strategic partner, and by that August, there were seven on board. Oh, I had a product. And I wasn't scared, right? So at the end of the day, you know, it's, 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 it's all about how you're going to seize that moment and seize the opportunity, but let's keep in mind that, that okay, that we won. I'm not going to be shy about it. We did $18 million that year. When you are a, in the SMB space, you are independent and you didn't take any startup money from anybody and you used your, when, when you when you have all of those parameters to do 18 mm that year okay and that's not net that's gross let me be clear it's still a hell of a feat no matter how you spin it that's a ticket no matter how you spin it right and i did that and I'm not a, I don't have a, a well-branded franchise that I, I don't have any of that. My brand recognition wasn't, people didn't know who we were. Oh, they still don't know who we are. It's not like, I, I'm not United Healthcare. I'm not Caremark, Edna, Quest, Amazon, Staples, Walmart, Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. I'm not, my brand recognition is so how you know my tagline too. <laughs> All right. And you say it when you say my name, you say my tagline. Right? Publix. What shopping is a pleasure? Who better than you? Right? But I knew that. Who right now, at this time, who better than me? Nobody. You don't have to believe me. Watch, I'll show you. Right? Don't believe me, just watch. I have my Favorite moment of all time. I took a dirty martini. How many olives did you write on it? 81. <laughs> Stone Cold, 81. Best commercial ever. 81. 
right? You have to, st- and, and 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 that's one of the biggest things that we talked about uh, in in that podcast episode with the with the with the founders of uh, Reward Bunny. That mental dexterity looks so many times from inception to actual infancy and to where they're at today. It looked like it wasn't going to work. So what? Don't stop. All you could do is you. Could, all you could do is what? Even when we still look, we still keep this process today. All you can do is get all of your stakeholders and all of your talent in your room, and use the and and, and do algebra the only time that it's going to make sense to you. We get in the room, and here's what we put up. Here's what we know. Here's what everybody knows about where we're trying to go. Right. Here is the desired outcome. What's the X? What we don't know. So now let's figure out what we don't know. And and that's not bulletproof, but a plan is better than no plan. And failing to plan is planning to fail. Right? That's not bulletproof. We stay mutable, though. And we always find that because we had some form of a plan, we're able to still push through production to a point, and we stay mutable so we can make adjustments on the fly. AJ, especially from a tech standpoint, I've there's never been a beta on the face of the planet. I've never seen a proof of concept or a beta that was flawless. Doesn't exist. Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. The minute, hell, we could get three days into a beta without having to scrap and start over. We're doing great. We're doing amazing. And then have to start over, but you start over knowing a couple of things. So it's not like we start over at step one. We start over at step six. We get straight to step five, and we start right. at step you six. You don't now. start over if if there isn't something to change, if there Man. isn't a reason. If there isn't a reason, right? But that's all you can do is you can – I mean, and for me, it's the only time in my life I've actually used algebra, right, outside of an educational setting. It's actually in business, trying to discover that X, right, putting that value next to Y, right? Even why people buy, right? China, and 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 you got you have to own that process. You have to stick to it. And when things aren't working and things aren't going the way that you want them to go, does not mean that you abandon your process. It does not mean you stop working. The real merit in really calling yourself an entrepreneur is the fact that you continue to give it a hundred percent, even when you couldn't justify in your mind why you should. You continue to give it one thousand percent of what you got, even when it wasn't working. You willed it to work. That boy got a will on him. He willed it to work. He kept working. Even They kept working at failed beta, at the failed beta, failed proof of concept, at the failed proof of concept, failed token, at the failed token. They kept hating even when they hated each other because it wasn't working. They put the hate to the side and they kept working. That real mamba mentality still. There goes the commonality about what you're going to find about all those W's. It's the mental dexterity. Right and their mental endurance. We talked about this. That mental, in, that mental dexterity and mental endurance is on another level. Jesus Christ. If I could tell you how many times my eldest daughter's mother put it in the universe in my face and to anybody else that she possibly could, that I was never gonna like it. I was gonna fail. It was never gonna work out for me. It was never gonna this. I was never gonna do. How many people said that? Jay, Jay, think about how many people said that I was just a big dreamer. There's so many people say, oh, that kid, yeah, he's that kid's got huge dreams. No, 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 I'm a huge doer. Let me show you. These are not dreams. 
this is I, I, all I'm having is premonition is what's coming. And because I had that, that deja vu, I saw it several times. I saw the, 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 there are so many different times that throughout these W's, this business growing, I've been sitting in my office or I've been walking the floor and deja vu hits because I saw it as it's playing out in real time. At one time, I had deja vu as my old business partner was getting ready to do death to me, murder to my career and to my part of the business. I had saw it eight months before in like a random daydream. I saw it eight months before. If I'm, if I'm lying, God, right now, so I, mean, I saw it. Eight, it came to me in a very, I have a visual photographic memory, and it came to me in a small 30-second clip. And I saw it, and I remember when I saw it, and it, and it blew my mind, because we were so far, it didn't happen until eight months later, but I saw it in here, in the conscious. I saw it. I saw a particular nuance. And when that nuance started to happen, it was like deja vu, even though it had never occurred yet. And I made certain strategic moves at that time when I first saw it. Sometimes you do things and you don't even know why you're doing it because it's not for now, it's for later. And so out of nowhere, when I first had that premonition, like eight months ahead of time, I started making changes. And I just started shoring things up and tying down loose ends. And I didn't know why I was doing it. I spent three days doing it. And I couldn't tell you why I was doing it because nothing had actually happened yet between me and my partner at that time. Nothing had actually happened yet. We were still in a good space, right? But I saw it. I made adjustments. And when, it, when, when, it, when I saw in my mind in real time what I had saw eight months before that daydreaming, I said, oh, okay. But you have to be open for the universe to show you these things, right, and, and to give you that. I, I mean... And you have to, you, you, you can't take it with a grain of salt either. You, I've been living a while, so now you know it when you see it. But that's that intuition. That's that gut, right? Dot my I's and cross my T's at that time. And then it turns out that just as he was doing it, all of those dotted I's and T's were the saving grace for the organization. And I got him up out of here, and we moved forward, and we kept growing, right? So, but the, I stayed in the fight. Even when we had major industry changes, we had some major industry changes that whacked out 65% of my competitors. Whacked them out in three days. We all know that. Offices closed. We bought some of their... I started to buy some of their computers off of Craigslist because they were selling their cubicles. And <laughs> selling their computers. I started to buy it and store it in the back, right? Because I had made my mind up that when the smoke clears, we're still going to be here. And we're going to figure out what the new world looks like. And I don't care if I lose every dollar that I have because I'd rather, and, and this could be toxic of me, and it could be, right? And I've talked to my therapist about it, and I'll, I'll pray about it, and I'll meditate about it. I'd rather die trying than to live laying down. That's just me. I'll blow my heart up trying before I live 50 years as a loser. That's not living. To me, it's not. To me, it's not. I'm not competing, right? And I, I mean, I came through the mud in order to brick by brick, right? Door to door, door by door. By the way, selling products that everybody said when I started selling them, oh, it's so competitive. You've got to find you something that's not competitive. It, we're in the age of technology in America. What is not competitive? The good, thing, the good thing for me is that I'm not actually selling the product. I'm selling me. 
right? <laughs> I'm selling me, my skill. And who better than me? I'm selling me. I'm selling my skill set. I'm selling my expertise. I'm selling my loyalty. I'm selling my reliability. And I'm selling an extended friendship that could yield you great fruits if you hold on to it. And this, the product, uh, this is what it costs in order to develop those things. So uh, for everybody, it's a little bit different. But those guys, I mean, we all had, I think the, the real coin in that interview was, and, and the real coin, every time I talk with other successful entrepreneurs, not your, not, and again, not every 1099 is an entrepreneur. You know how many Mary Kay salespeople I know that literally got Mary Kay and became a 1099 Mary Kay sales associate just so they could use the discount to order products for themselves? They're not. <laughs> you have to stop doing that. Just, just because you took a 1099 on your job, I've done it before. Just because you took a 1099 on your job because it was tax advantageous to you does not make you an entrepreneur. It doesn't, though. Because even at that time, people be like, oh, my God, so you're 1099, so you're a contractor? Yep, I'm a contractor, so you're an entrepreneur? No, I go to the same place Monday through Friday for 40 hours a day, and if I'm late, they will fire me. And if I don't produce, they're going to walk me out of there. The fact that somebody can fire me alone. 40 plus. You can. If you got it. And that was me at one point. I had, I, when I, I didn't wait until I left my career to start of our capital partners. Of our capital partners was started almost a year before I even left my career. And I would literally, and I'm not shy about saying it now because legally I can because it's been greater than 24 months. I would literally spend 10 hours a day working for my boss, Sam Zitz at the time. Then I would get in my car, burn me two stoves, listen to a motivational clip on YouTube, drink two Red Bulls, put my business cards from my day job back in the glove department and take my business cards out. And if I saw 50, day, 50 doors that day for Sam, I wasn't going home until I saw 10 for me, period. No matter how you spin it. Until I saw 10 for me. You know how I got walked down a good pair of Stacey Adams loafers in 30 days. I had to buy new loafers. I, I, listen, Clark's got so much money off of me at that time. Because I was buying brand new Clark's every 30 days. Two, three pairs at a time. But I was, if I could see 50 doors for the purpose and for the drive and for the cause of another man, I could see 10 for me. No matter how you spin it. And I'm not going to sit up here and lie. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. It was some days I came out of the field early to see them doors for me. And when I would knock those doors, I'd schedule five appointments for his initiative. But once I got those five for his initiative, the rest is for me. I wasn't going to shortchange that man. I gave him every dollar what he paid me for and then some. But he, I wasn't going to only live for his purpose. Mine mattered too. And if I had the stamina and the mental endurance and mental dexterity to see 50 doors for him today, then mad wife and children and all, I'll be there after I get 10 for me. Because the 10 for me is actually the 10 for you, for wife, and for all of these children. That's who that 10 is for. If I can build portfolio for him, I can build it for me. No matter how you spin it. And I'm going to. 110%.
You know what it helped me do? It helped me get to, I got to his bottom line hella early. Get him out the way so I could get to me. Right, because I, I don't take away from it. I was well compensated and well taken care of. Right? And if any door, and I was in B2B sales, real B2B sales, not none of this. I was sitting in my office, and I'm going to send you a Zoom link because somebody filled out a contact us form. No, 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 no. Real canvassing. Real discovery. Real proof of concepts. Right? And if I went through a door for me, but it was better, but that deal, that opportunity made more sense for Sam, then I would, I would send it down that channel. And if I went through a door that it didn't really make sense for American Bank Card, but it really made a whole lot of sense for VAR Capital Partners, I'll send it down that one too. Right? Makes perfect sense. What that all, what, here's what that really provided me as a sales leader and as a, a, a real, it provided me with a multi-channel solution to increase my conversion rates. Because, of course, when you work for a, a conglomerate, when you work for a large company, there are going to be deals that just doesn't make sense for them to even waste the resources to onboard. So your conversion rates are going to be impacted severely, especially in my grinder days before I moved up to emerging markets and I was working at SMB. Small and medium-sized business emerging, emerging markets is a, another beast. Real skill. Not a sales guy, sales professional has to take that on. Um, so if anything, I actually increased our customer engagement and our customer success story because they saw my face, they saw my marketing collateral, they saw my card, they knew who I was and what they, but no matter what, we had a success out of it, right? We, we were able to successfully onboard them somewhere, whether it was at American Bank Cards or if it was of our capital partners, it's neither here nor there. And I also understood that it didn't make good business sense for me to onload a deal that was too big to of our capital partners for me to support a service. I would only end up doing that person a disservice. If, 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 if it were too big for me and my little show to support, then it's only right. Even if I knock that door with one of my business cards, I would quickly flip that deal to make sure that I'm providing the expected level of service. I don't, of our capital partners, didn't have the resource to service that deal. All right, so today I got 51. I went through 51 doors for Sam, even though it's just my intent to go through 50. But this deal makes better sense at American Bank Card. They're a much bigger organization with much better resources and they can control the customer journey and experience. And at the end of the day, the name of the game for me has always been to help as many people as I possibly can. And I can't help you if I cut off my nose to spite my face out the gate anyway, right? It's that level of drive and ambition. And Lord knows, especially from a medical standpoint, I literally almost blew my heart up getting there, but we got there. No matter how you spin it, you've got to stay in the fight. I stayed in the fight. and the, uh, Jackie stayed in the fight. I even All those guys at Reward Bunny, they stayed in the fight. You've got to stay in the fight. If you don't stay in the fight, what do you really got? The real merit is when you continue to work hard even when you can't substantiate why. But that's also in your process because if you make working hard your process, it's not actually working hard anymore. Now you're just going through the regular motions, right? When working hard becomes a standard. I had gotten to a point in my life 
if I didn't half kill myself by the end of the day, I just felt like I shortchanged everybody, including myself. You can, some people are going to go far enough to say that it's toxic, and I'll go far enough to say that's a hell of a winning habit. If I didn't earn it, I didn't want it. I never wanted nothing that didn't belong to me. My father raised me on the premise, you take what's yours, no more, no less. Right? So, you know, guys, we're going to bring this to an end, but I, and I know we went in a lot of different places, but the narrative was still the same. One, who better than you, no one. Stay committed to the process. Keep up with your mental dexterity and your mental endurance. The real, the real MVP shows up when he can't and works MVP level hard when he can't substantiate why. And you believe in yourself. And to each and every one of you out there, if you out there and you're managing a portfolio for somebody else, but you don't have one for yourself, get your ass in that bathroom and lock the door and look in the mirror. You really need to ask yourself who better than you. And it need to come through in your actions too. Because whoever your boss is, and you still haven't done nothing for you, you don't have a side business, you don't have a side, you're not doing, you haven't begun to build your book. When you ask that question, who better than you, the answer is not you. It is whoever your boss is, because that's what you believe. There is no one better than you. And your actions have to prove that. You've got to go out and you have to do that. Stop standing around the water cooler complaining about the leads. The leads suck. The leads are not good. I'm so tired. The leads were good once upon a time. The leads are the same thing the leads have always been. The truth is, is that you suck. You've fallen apart in your process somewhere, and that is your fault. Period. No matter how you spin it. You can't the, focus on what you can't change. You can't focus on what you can't change. Your discovery has gotten weak if you're even still doing it. We can't even talk about your pipeline and canvassing. I think you've gotten lost in your car. You think you've gotten out of your car and knocked doors when you clearly haven't. You keep telling yourself that it was really, I saw 50 doors today. No, son, you really saw five. You've gotten confused. You drove past 50 doors. You only got out your car once and knocked five of them. And when you knocked them, I'm willing to bet you you knocked them with no purpose. So don't, it's not the leads. It's, 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 actually, it's you. If you've been working for a company for two to five years and you still need the leads, it's you. Especially, and don't get it twisted. I'm talking about, and it's very specific. Let me put, let me put the disclaimer and the disclosure in there. B to B sales. Business to business sales. If you are truly in business to business sales, and especially if the only spot where you've achieved your success at thus far, is SMB or emerging markets. If those are the two spaces you're in, believe it or not, you don't I know, I know, you want to crucify me, you're going to want to nail me to the cross. I, I am flawed, though, just like everyone else. You never needed the leads in the first place. If you're, especially if you're in no space, you didn't need leads, you needed better work ethic. You needed a selling system. Let me tell you something. You needed a plan. I've never gotten a lead from an organization, especially in B2B sales. I've never gotten a lead to a, from an organization ever that was better than one I could have drummed up with my own, with marketing collateral and business cards. Because guess what I get to do if I go knock that door and drum the lead on my own? I get to qualify it to an extent no matter what. I have no way of doing that with the lead form. People thumb through a lead form all the time and just put whatever. Think about how many times you got the lead and the lead didn't even have a real phone number. 
The person's first name on the lead was Jack, last name Meoff. And their phone number was 999-999999. And the email address was gofuckyourmother at gmail.com. You all know it happens every day. Or you get it, and it's the and when you call it, it's their neighbor. It's the person next door who they actually can't stand. They hate him to death. That's the person you've been calling. I, listen, I know because after I get the when I get the lead, the first thing I'm gonna do is go knock the door, especially if it's in my territory. And I have a in the territory in my and it's in my backyard. I'm gonna go knock the door. But I'm a real hustler. Fuck it. I'm here now. Knock them all. I'm here now. Everybody to the left, everybody to the right. If it ain't, listen, if it's not Publix, Walgreens, CVS, or Supercuts, you're getting knocked. You're getting knocked. If it's not a, if it's not Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or Publix, or if it's not an anchor, a big corporation anchor store, I'm knocking it. And then I go, and then I realize when I get there, and I do my whole spiel, and then the owner comes out, or they say, yeah, the owner's name is Terry. Terry's not here, and then I look at the lead. Terry's next door. The act, so the guy, the other guy hates Terry. And he's been spamming him, right? Spamming him to death. Terry's phone's been ringing. Terry was actually next door, not there. I've, I've seen it a million times, right? Because um, I really, really do this. And I know, not as a sales leader, and I'm saying this before I let y'all go, because we have to get real, because it's this time of the year that it's happening the most. Because look, if you're in B2B sales, it's March. There's a very good chance ain't nobody been talking to you. It's the first quarter. They're not ready. To, they, you either are a day late in the dollar short. They made all of their vendor changes, all of their partner changes. They made them go closing out the fourth quarter. Or they're not going, or they're still trying to close out their physical year. And it is not time for them to make any changes, right? If it's on the other side of things, you weren't a part of their go-to-market strategy for 2022, and they sum that up in October, you're just a day late in the dollar short. Right, so you're not getting any real traction. Your pipeline is looking beautiful. Your pipeline is looking full because now you're early in next now in August next year when they start working on their go-to-market strategy for 2023, and any vendor changes that they're going to make. Okay, you may be able to be in that conversation now, but that's so far as far as you're concerned. If you're really selling, oh God, that sounds like two years from now to me because they're not ready yet. This goes in my nurture pipeline. That's a whole nother ballgame. This goes in my nurture pipeline. Because it, it can't go in my production pipeline, because in order for it to go in my production pipeline, it needs to be closable in the next 90 days. Because my production pipeline is broken down into phases 22, 45, and 90. 22, because that's how my boss pays me and let me keep my job when I was selling. On what I could get in in 22 business days. Right? So you're not getting a lot of traction right now. The deals you're, you're getting, you're, so you're wearing down. And who do you, I've been there before. You're wearing down. So now you're starting to lose a little bit of your fight, right? You, here's, here, here it comes. Remember that narrative that we talked about earlier? When you show up and you continue to work hard, even when you can't substantiate why you saw. 150 doors in the past three days, and you got two appointments. We know what the appointment abandonment rate looks like right now. And all you got was two, so what you got? Nothing. You got nothing. 
if the appointment abandonment rate is north of 60% and you got two, you've got nothing. And you've seen, you think you've seen 150 doors. You think. I, I say that affectionately because it's the truth. You think you've seen 150 doors. Okay? And you've got nothing out of it in return. But you have to keep pushing. You have to keep fighting. You have to keep going. And you have to live in reality. Ask yourself, did you actually get out of that goddamn car and knock those doors? Did you really? Here's how you qualify it. I want you to reach in your pocket right now or reach in your purse. How many cigarettes are left in your pack? Is this the pack that you bought this morning? Because if this is the pack that you bought this morning and there's only five cigarettes left, you indeed did not knock them doors. You was in that car piping them cigarettes. You think you did. You think you did. You think you did, but the reality is you didn't. You still, you're in such a rut, you haven't even been able to get yourself out the car. You think you have. You did get out the car. You got out the car to go get a water or a Gatorade because you got the nicotine taste in your mouth because you've been piping a whole lot of cigarettes. You did get out of the car. You knocked 7-Eleven's door and you slid your debit card and you got you a snack. You got you another pack of cigarettes that you stuffed in the glove department or you stuffed in the center console, right? And you walked past some doors, but you really didn't knock it. And I'm going to tell you why you didn't knock it. You went through it. And when, the, and when the gatekeeper told you the owner wasn't there and you just grabbed the business card out of the car handle and you left, you thanked God. You were so happy because that's how defeated you are. You don't even realize it. That the fact that when you knocked that door, the owner, the decision maker wasn't there for you to speak with was a sigh of relief. Because now you're feeding the negative bunny energy in your brain. You're going to go see three more. You're, and you're going to skip a couple of doors because you think that you can look at a door and tell if it's a good door or not. You've made that up in your mind now. Oh, yeah, that door isn't going to give me anything. How the hell do you know? Did you go through it? So Even after walk? they tell you no, what did you consider? Because you took the time to consider, was this them trying to bother somebody else? Was What was going on? Learn something. Don't just tell yourself it's it's over. 100% when the owners just be like, oh my gosh, somebody else here to bother me? No, no, no. They came to, everybody before me came to bother you. I came to help you. Wait, pause. So you're, so you're going to interrupt my day? Well, yes, sir. The squeaky wheel gets the order, the oil. What I am hoping, though, is that in my interruption of your day, I'm able to get you to see the real value that I'm going to bring here today. Because see, I'm busy too, and I'm not here to waste your time. If there's nothing here, I'll let you go. I've even told a business owner real quick, and if you want, sir, you can tell me to get the fuck out right now, because here's the way that I'm looking at it. This is, if I, I only need so many more get the fuck outs before I get a deal anyway. I'm here for it all, sir. It's closer to a deal before I get a deal anyway. I'm here for it all, sir. Everybody else wastes your time. But ask around. A lot of your neighbors are my partners as well. Oh, I'm far from a waste of time. Don't believe me. Just go three doors down. He'll tell you. I'm far from a waste of time. And trust me, sir, the way my schedule is booked up, I don't have time to waste for you if there's nothing here anyway. I'm very sought after. All it's going to take me is five minutes to determine if you qualify in the first place. We may not be a good fit for each other. But more importantly, oh, so you're going to come in here and tell me I have a problem? Well, I, I don't know that yet, to be honest with you. Everything may be okay. You may have a great situation. The truth is, Mr. Smith, you may have a better situation than the one I could provide you with. Here's the problem. 
It's a whole lot of maybes, Mr. Smith. I like to put the proof in the pudding. And trust me, I'd be the first one out of your hair if there's nothing here. Because that big Audi is outside. I'm that busy. I'm going to be the first one to tell you if there's nothing there. Trust me. If you don't believe me, let me take a look at it. I'll do you one even better. You don't even have to stay here while I look at it. I'll take a seat and look at it on my own. And trust me. If I do find something, I'll put the proof in the pudding. I'll be able to clearly show you where you're hurting or where you're losing. No facade. You'll be able to see it with your own eyes. But here's, here's something I also knew. This is three minutes later. If after the first 10 seconds he here, he knows he's got a problem too. You, it's just he don't believe you yet. But, he's, but you got his ear because this is a game of 10 seconds at a time. But in order for you to make it through this tough selling season, you're going to have to get the fuck out of your car. You're going to have to knock doors with a purpose. And because conversion rates are low, you can't forecast a door. You can't telegraph a door. Don't skip any of them. If you're working, if you're inside and you're working on leads, you can't look at the, you can't look at the leader to call them all. Call every one of them. If you've called them for the past two days in your morning call flow, stop calling them in the, in the morning. It's not working. Call them in the afternoon tomorrow and Thursday. Call, I'm sorry, call them in the afternoon today and Friday. Call them in the afternoon. Move. That doesn't work on Monday and Tuesday. You normally take lunch at 1 o'clock. Take it at 3 and call them at lunchtime. Keep knocking that door. Keep making that call. Get out of constant contact. Get out of MailChimp and craft an email with some substance and send it. Who better than you? I want to thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. Stay in the fight, guys. I'm signing out. Who better than you?